We're drinking space balls tonight. And you just jumped right into that. <laughs> We're not drinking space balls. So if they made Mesh. a beer called Space Balls, would you drink it? Yes. What flavor do you think it would be? I don't know. Something with like Schwartz. Only one person would dare to give me jam or jam my radar. Tastes like raspberry. I need to watch that again because I don't... Lone Star. Sorry. You just kept going, man. Yeah. Your face was all into it. Yeah. I don't understand the reference, so I'll have to watch it pretty soon. Space Goat. Space Goat, yeah, by Pale Ale. Oh, shit. It is a pale ale, and it's by Big Sky Brewing Company. It's got some badass, like, goat uh, astronaut on the cover. You know, if you're ever brewing beer, pale ales are the best to start with because they're, they're, they're most forgiving. You screw anything up. Oh, so it's like if you just put too much hops in there, it's like, it's okay, but yeah. not enough hops. It covers okay. up a lot of the bad flavors I was if, if you fuck up. Um, tastes really good. I like yeah, it. Good. I'm like I'm like six for six on the beer choices. Yeah, this is actually really good. I feel like we haven't had a terrible beer beer in a minute. It's, it's been a while. It's because I like to troll. <laughs> That's true. I like to pick the weirdest looking beer in our liquor store. Yeah, I just go for the can that like attracts me. But like they've been really good. Yeah, like the psychedelic one we had last week. That was really cool. Dreamland. I need to start brewing called? beer again. I miss that, especially during the summers. I know. We got a nice spot where I can do it. We're finishing our basement. We finally finished the framework. And we're building like this uh, little in like alcove bar type thing. And that's where I'm going to set my beer crafting kit up. It's still in the box. It's ready though. And I think it came with like an IPA brewing kit in it. So I'm going to brew a nice IPA first. Fun. That'll be fun. I'm excited about it. But you know what else I'm excited about though? What? This weekend. What? I'm actually here. Yeah. The Batman comes out. Oh, okay. This weekend. I actually turned 33. So. Oh, yeah. I was going to say happy birthday. Yeah. I'm very excited. I just turned 30 in October, so I'll be 31 this October. I'm in my 30s officially. I feel old as shit. Yeah, man. It's weird turning 33. Like, what have you done? You know? I don't know. I got a house. I don't feel like it was that much of a transition going into your 20s, but in your 30s, it's like, huh. It's like your first time when you're like, I remember when I was 20, and you used to know someone who was 30, and you're like, you're old. And now I'm that guy. And you're like, oh. Back problems are for real. I'm the old guy. God damn it. And you're cutting your fingers up while replacing a dishwasher. That's such a 33-year-old thing to do. Doing adult things for now. So I am very, very interested in this topic tonight. And I kind of just stumbled upon it because I was bored. I was trying to find a really good Reddit thread that like actually excited me, and I haven't found one for months. And I just kind of stumbled across it, again, like I said. And, you know, when we talk about 411 and... um you know, the pioneer of who brought that out, David Polites. In a lot of his stories, he talks about how people disappearing when they're found, the few that are found, they feel like they've almost traveled to an alternate reality, right? right? Like, and whenever people that go missing that they don't find, their friends and family say, you know, we looked away for maybe five seconds and we looked back and he wasn't there. He disappeared without a trace. And a lot, uh, so these stories from Reddit, are people that feel like they just went to a different area that just it didn't make sense, sense. almost like they traveled to an alternate reality. You know, and I, I, I have a story behind this that almost reminds me of it. Like, I didn't feel like I went to an alternate reality, but, you know, we live in the, the great state of Utah, which, you know, there's a lot of governmental uh, religious control, which I, I don't agree with. <laughs> um, and... You know, I was going to go buy some lotto tickets in Idaho because we can't do the lotto here because, that, you know, God gets pissed. Just like and, you can't drink more than 5% beer at the, yeah. at the grocery store. 
So we, we were driving to the to this lotto place, and the jackpot was like in record amounts. So all the Utahns were drive, driving to Idaho. There were so many people yeah. going. And like the first couple of towns was just like lines out to the freeway. And I was like, fuck that. Let's just keep going. We'll go further into Idaho. And um, we stopped at this uh, store, and, um, you know, there wasn't, like, any signs for lotto tickets, but I'm like, hey, let's get some beer. I was, like, 19. I was an idiot. I'm like, let's just go get some beer and drink. <laughs> I think you're still an idiot. But... Yeah, probably. <clears throat> and we stop at this gas station. We notice this is really small town, and it's, like, literally just uh, trailer parks or mobile homes as far as the eye can see. With just a gas station and, and with maybe just, a Walmart? Yeah, no, it was just a gas station. There wasn't <laughs> even a Walmart. So we stop at the gas station. We're looking around for the beer, and I, re- I recall there's, like, the gas tenant and some guy who I thought was just checking out there, and me and my friends were looking for the beer. There's no beer. There's no beer in the gas station. So we're like, that's weird. We sold out in 65, boy. And I noticed the guy talking to the tenant didn't, like, um, he didn't leave. He was actually there just to talk to the gas station attendant. And I noticed they stopped talking, and they both just, their gaze went over to us, and they were just oh kind of staring at us. And then we're like, yeah, let's just get out of here. They don't have beer. This is weird. And we just left. Wow. We went to the next town. We bought our lotto tickets. We lost. But I was going to say, I think if you had won, we wouldn't be here right now. Yeah. I probably never would have met you. Yeah, probably. You'd be in like the Bahamas getting a nice tan with a, like a Mai Tai in your hand. Yeah. Yeah. A Mai Tai. Actually, you don't like anything good. Just, I only like whiskey. Just a Coors Light. A whiskey whiskey and beer. That's all I drink. So speaking of whiskey, I think I got a lot of stories on this, but like uh, Jameson's coming out with uh, an orange whiskey. Not interested. It's I, apparently it's really good. I keep trying to find it at the liquor store, and like we're just not getting it in. So I'm waiting because I love me some Jameson. I like the cheapest whiskey they sell. Yeah, what is it? Uh, rich and rare. Yeah, Canadian whiskey is really cheap here. I don't know why. It's very good. I think it's very cheap everywhere. Yeah, probably. Maybe not in Canada. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe. All right. All right. <laughs> that was a good plug. Um. Yeah, so I'm excited about these 411 stories as well. All right, well, let's jump into some of these uh, 411 disappearance stories. So this one comes from us from Recon's, Recon's CT. Many years ago, myself and two of my best friends decided to go for a day of mountain biking at Snowshoe in southern West Virginia. Now, this was way before the days of GPS, so we were kind of doing this by some half-assed directions in an old map. But the point is we got very lost. That's kind of dangerous. Yeah. It's kind of cool, though. It's kind of like you're wanting to get lost a little bit. Reminds me of being a kid, and you're just like, I want to explore. Like, just fuck it. Let's go. Fuck it. Let's just run straight into the tree line. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometime along the way, we ended up in this very tiny little town. Sometime along the way, we ended up in this very tiny little town, and we figured we would ask for directions. It was absolutely deserted. I'm talking not a single soul to be seen anywhere. We parked the truck and split up looking for anyone. Now, this was at around 9 to 10 a.m., so not exactly the ass crack of dawn, mind you. We went into the post office. Nobody. We went into the only bar in town which was unlocked, unattended, with music playing, but not a single soul present. Man, you just pour yourself some whiskey and have a good time. That's what I was thinking, like, lean over the little uh, beer thing. Dispenser, just turn <laughs> your tap and just put your yeah. mouth underneath it. I want to do that one day. We went business to business to business and walked the streets, and after about 25 minutes, finally found one old guy who just seemed to appear out of nowhere in the middle of the town walking alone. 
The first question we asked his wasn't even for directions. It was, where the hell is everyone? To which he replied, well, I, well, I guess folks around here don't get up much till around noon. We asked him for directions to Snowshoe, and he pointed to the road we came in on and said, go that way back 10 miles and make a right, and we will find the interstate. We left quickly. We had all had a very bad sense of unease about the whole thing. As we left, we were about five miles down the road and hit a lady dressed up in state road uniform standing in the middle of a very long straightaway holding a stop sign. When we approached her, she turned the sign from slow to stop. We asked what was going on. She stated that there was road construction ahead. We told her of what just happened, and she just kind of laughed and said those people in that town are kind of strange, but let it slide. So we actually started talking to her, waiting for a line of traffic to come by from the opposite direction. We actually ended up talking to her for about 45 minutes to an hour, just shooting the shit. Kind of got lost in the convo. Not one single vehicle ever approached from the other direction or behind us. Eventually, she said, Well, I guess it's clear now and y'all can go ahead, and slowly turned the sign from stop to slow and motioned for us to go ahead. So they just stood there for an hour. Yeah, just talking to somebody, you know? And she's like, all right, all these ghost cars are clear. That's weird. Just some pretty police officer. Can't go forward anyways. Would you just stare at her? I don't know. I don't know what I would do in this. We went straight ahead, the only direction you could possibly go for the next 30-some-odd miles and didn't see any signs of construction, state road workers, or maintenance going on at all. That's creepy. She had no vehicle. We figured she was a flag woman dropped off by some crew up ahead. After the encounter with the town and this woman, we had enough and called it quits. We turned on the interstate as soon as we found it and headed down north home. Every single one of us still remembers this whole encounter in vivid detail to this day. I asked my friend about it, actually, about three months ago at his wedding, and it still freaks him out to no end. That is pretty creepy. It's weird. A lot of questions. I think it would be cool to, like, land in a small town like that where there's, like, three or four people, but then I just worry that I'm not getting out alive. Yeah, maybe they're, like, uh, you know, redneck zombies or something. They don't get up till around noon. <laughs> that's my that's, kind of people. That's when the feasting starts. Cleet lives there. We call him Cletus. They start with the feet. Oh, God. Move up the calves. Eat your legs and your stomach and the eyeballs last. It's not the eyeballs. You don't touch the eyeballs. All right. Next story is from Real Abstract Squid, <gasps> the second. Not the fake one? Oof, that's respectable. Junior. When my brother and I were 10 or 12, respectively, our family went on a hike through a cemetery and into the woods not far from the house. My brother and I would explore these woods every day, even camped in them before. We knew it like it was the back of our hands. Anyway, as the family hits our usual spot by the creek halfway through, Brother One and I said, we'd be back in a few. We wanted to wander off further up the creek. So, we did. Kind of an interesting name. What's up, Brother One? <laughs> Maybe that was his real name, man. That's what I'm saying, Brother One. Yeah. Didn't you name your kid Child One? Child Two? Uh, it's Offspring One. Oh, sorry, Thing One and Thing Two. No, it's Offspring no. One and then Child Two. I thought you were a Dr. Seuss fan, so sorry. We came across... There's a walk it in my pocket. <laughs> we came across a very large hill we had never seen before. It was littered with what looked like somebody's worldly possessions, mm. as if they turned a house upside down, 
shook out the contents, took the house, and left. That's a pretty cool description. Yeah. There were tons of painted X's on the trees showing someone intended to cut them down at some point. We poked around for a few when we thought we heard our mom hollering at us. So we turned tail and walked maybe 20 feet back down the hill to where our parents were. This entire encounter was about 45 minutes long on our end. As soon as our mom saw us, we got the beating of a lifetime. With the belt. As she hit a... We... (laughs) We had actually been gone almost four hours. She never saw us walk up any hill and remembered seeing us meandering down the straight path by the creek, not turning up a hill that was 20 feet away. She and her husband and her other brother combed the woods for over four hours, screaming our names and couldn't find hide or tail of us. That freaks me out as a parent, just that your kids can just diss a fucking peer. Yeah, this is your typical 411 uh, like series or episode. Right. We pleaded our case and even tried showing her the hill. Surely she was messing with us. So we stomped up to turn off for the hill and it was gone. Nowhere to be seen. For years, we explored the woods determined to find the fucking hill. We covered miles and miles of off-path woods. We got older. We mapped it out. To this day, that hill does not exist. What the fuck? We never found it again. Never found the weird furniture, the toys, the clothes, and the other household items that were scattered across the hill and never met anyone in the area that had a clue about the hill. See, the part that they're leaving out about this whole story is the strange mushrooms they ate off the ground <laughs> when they went into the forest. I don't know, man. I, I think that if you're out in the wilderness, you know, you hear so many stories of people disappearing in national parks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of the stories you hear of the people that were found that were missing, it seems like there could be some ethereal quality or supernatural ability that makes people go somewhere else. Like a Wendigo. Yeah. So, to finish, we probably just wandered way further than we meant to, but I always found it weird that we never found the hill again. Yeah. That would mess with your mind. You're like, I swear to God. I would want to find it too. We were on a hill, Mom, I swear. Yeah, and just never find it again. That's crazy. All right, this next story comes to us from Pumpkin Spice Whatever. Take my energy. It's a hell of a way to start the energy. This took place when I was 13. No one in my family will acknowledge it happened. The only ones who would came to to my, but great-grandpa, have unfortunately passed away. No one will give me the time of day about it. My family has a cabin in Cook's Forest, Clarion, Pennsylvania. Cabin was built by my great granddad and has expanded and has expanded a bit over the years, but has a nice little nook at the bottom of a long dirt road off the main road and down a hill. Maybe it's that hill. There are a few other properties around, but most are up and off of the dirt road. Only one is down the hill and only halfway at that. <laughs> it's not modern by any means. No internet, cell service, the TV still has dials. You have to twist to get to watch a DVD. It's very rustic, and I love it. The property halfway down the hill is visible from any part of the front of our cabin, which is where the kitchen window, parking, porch, and fire pit are. 
For as long as anyone can remember, it's been this abandoned lot and that had what was once a cabin with a concrete basement. The cabin was built on a hill, so half the basement stuck out from the hill, but the remaining part was crumbling. It also was at the fork where we would ride our ATVs to get to the fire break, so even though it could have been creepy, it was a very common and familiar sight. Until one Memorial Day, which is when we opened the cabin after the winter and a large part of our family would go to the cabin for the long weekend to spend time together. Everyone would usually get there through that through that early evening and then all come together for my great-granddad's dinosaur pancakes for breakfast, the highlight of my single-digit to preteen years. That's cool, man. It's like the highlight of anyone's life is fucking dinosaur pancakes. I want my childhood refunded. I never had those. Seriously. I have little dinosaur-like graham crackers at my great-grandma's house. (laughs) Those are amazing. So I wake up, expecting to smell pancakes and hear chatter from the older members of my family down in the kitchen. But nothing. I assume I've gotten up too early and go downstairs to use the bathroom, and then go back to sleep. Looking back, the hole upstairs was just mattresses with an aisle between them. I should have noticed that most beds were empty. Damn. I get downstairs and see all the adults outside, and I go out to say good morning and demand my T-Rex pancakes. I walk out and see all my family adults in a kind of semicircle facing an older man and a woman I didn't recognize. I assume this is some adult situation, so I go back inside to wake up my cousins, but not before looking at the clock on the microwave and seeing that it's about 3 p.m. Now, what kind of adult situation might this be? Who knows, man. It's got to be a 411 situation. Oh, shit. Now, I loved the cabin. I doodle the cabin itself, four-wheelers, and the area around it for months leading up to Memorial Day weekend. I was usually up at the ass crack of dawn because I was so damn excited to just be there. Sleeping until 3 p.m. was not in any way normal. I wake my cousins up, and by the time all they all mosey downstairs, the adults are back inside. Everyone is pretty silent then, but great-grandpa fires up the stove and gets us kids excited for dino cakes, so all seems normal. God, that's cool. It is really cool. This is a goddamn good memory. Yeah, it is. I was there with one of my aunts and uncles. No parents. And my aunt is pretty cool and aged, is pretty close in age to me and was for sure the cool aunt. So when I saw her pale as a sheet, I went to ask what's wrong. She took me outside and pointed at the aforementioned abandoned and crumbling property. In its place was a sprawling cabin mansion, parking area full of SUVs and the coolest looking four-wheelers my 13-year-old self had ever seen. Aunt tells me that the owner had come to say hi, the couple I saw earlier, and and invited us over to hang out with their nieces and nephews as they were having a Memorial Day get-together just like us. All the fun's ruined. Me, having zero thought besides awesome four-wheelers, I almost ran to the house, but my aunt caught me and rather forcefully reminded me of my dino cakes. You're going to eat that fucking T-Rex. You're going to like it. I conceded and ran back inside to an atmosphere so thick with tension that even my undeveloped brain, thanks Dr. Mom, could detect it. The oldest of the adults were acting normal and playing around with us kids, but something was very off. I finally asked what the fuck was up, but my aunt bonked me in the head and asked me if I had seen the massive cabin mansion last night, last year, the year before, question mark. We'd come to the cabin every few weeks until December. Did I see any construction? Well, no, 
But they invited us over, and they have cool four-wheelers, Aunt Beth. Come on. Yeah, Aunt Beth. A resounding no from multiple family members made my emotional girl self almost flee and cry until my grampy, a 6'7 hulk of a man, Jesus Christ. Right. Big old 6'7 man flipping T-Rex pancakes. Here's your pancakes. Eat your pancake. Got down to my level and explained that he felt there was something weird going on. He said the couple didn't act right. I assumed that meant they were rude, but that we should just keep to ourselves this weekend. I agreed, and we went about our day, all adults keeping us occupied with activities either inside or behind the cabin. It's like, don't look at that big mansion. I think the family's just upset that their cabin's bigger. No, it's creepy, man. The cabin's always been an abandoned, and they've been there recently, and then all of a sudden there's like this Boom. big mansion built. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. It was, I, I find this story to be really eerie. It was air flown in <laughs> with choppers. Right. We get ready for bed when I see my great-granddad, a World War II vet. Man, this guy just keeps getting crazier and crazier. Yeah, chewing oh. some tobacco and smoking his cigar. I think this is a different guy, though. I think it's Pulls off his aviator sunglasses. Okay, I'm done. This is the great-granddad. Who had only the bedroom on the first floor landing, three shotguns, handing one off to my grampy and the other to my uncle, cool aunt's husband. Holy hell. To my shock and awe, my Grammy pulls out a bedazzled Glock from her <laughs> purse. Damn, America. I go to bed with images of my little Grammy taking down a bunch of bad guys with her shiny pistol. Dang. I wake up the next day to the smell of pancakes and the sound of adults chatting downstairs. I'm sad because today is when we have to pack up and leave, but things seem, but things seem back to normal, so I'm very glad. I run downstairs, note that the clock says 7.30, but ignore the weirdness and sit in front of a plate of dino pancakes that I dig into while asking my aunt what time we have to leave. Leave? We don't leave until tomorrow. Wait, what day is it? It's Saturday. We just got here last night. What the fuck? I notice just a bit of doubt in my aunt's eyes that I know something is up, and I run outside. The abandoned lot is back to its decrepit state. I resolved to brush it off and enjoy my ATV riding and forget about everything pretty quickly. That's weird. Wow. It wasn't until I got back to school and was called to the main office where they asked why I wasn't at school on Monday. I told them that today was Monday. What the fuck are they talking about? Nope, it's Tuesday, and my absence was unexplained despite several calls. I skipped school frequently. To my parents, divorced, neither of which were at the cabin. It almost seems like... Some entity, supernatural of nature, was trying to lure them over to their place. And because they didn't go, for some reason they have like a a memory gap. Like they still were abducted. Aliens. Yeah. Yeah. There's always lots of time with this shit. So either my family played the trick of all tricks on me, or I'm living in an alternate universe where I can sleep into the afternoon. Like I said, no one will even remotely entertain a conversation about this incident, so I'm left telling my fellow Redditors about my family's conspiracy against me. L-O-L. LOL. That was pretty crazy. That would fuck with your mind so hard. Oh, yeah. Like, did I dream it or what? And then you're like, fucking cool ATVs. Wee right into a saucer. <laughs> Stay with us. We'll be right back. Bloody FM presents Hometown Ghost Stories, a paranormal podcast that investigates a new town every week. 
bringing you all the hauntings, from haunted houses to castles, bridges to asylums, wandering spirits to demons. Over 100 episodes covering different towns all over the world. Tune in to Hometown Ghost Stories live on YouTube every Tuesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern or on any podcast platform and find out if your hometown is haunted. We call this the four probe. You're right into a saucer. I woke Whee! up the next day and my butt hurt. <laughs> Couldn't poop right for a that. week. We're you got to that out. My uh, butt hurt. My butt really hurt. <laughs> All right. The next story is Literal Nine. My grandparents had a big farm when I was growing up, and all of the grandkids would help work it over the summer when we were out of school. Anytime we saw a rabbit, we were supposed to get it with a hoe or a grab a shotgun. Jesus Christ. <laughs> hoe out the rabbit. Grandma, the hoes left last season. <laughs> I was around 12 or so when I saw a little rabbit in the beans, and I didn't want my grandfather to see it, so I tried to chase it off. Followed it into the brush on the land, and for whatever reason, I just kept following it because usually I'd lose sight of it pretty quickly once they hit the brush. Man, they're going to Neverland. Right. Right down the tree trunk. I kept following it until I found what was clearly an old barn ruin. These are pretty normal to happen upon where I'm from, and they're fun to look around inside. So I went in. It was weirdly kept up really well, with antique tools in great shape and fresh hay. I worried. I had crossed into our neighbor's property, so I hightailed it out of there. I asked my grandfather about it, and he said our land went way far past what I described, and I couldn't have left our land in the short amount of time I was gone. So he followed me out there, and we couldn't find it. I checked every summer. I worked there and never found it again. Not creepy, but it always drove me crazy where that stupid barn went. Eh, it's a little creepy. It's alternate dimensions, it's just, man. It'd be so frustrating to know that something exists, but never be able to find it again. Yeah. It's like when I lose a fucking sock. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know it's around here, but I never fucking see it again. Went to Narnia, those bastards. The next story is from Captain Longbeard. Okay, show off. Was driving through Illinois to get back to Chicago about a decade ago with a group of friends, and we stopped at Taco Bell. That's your first mistake. Right? You'd never stop at a Taco Bell on a road trip. Uh, where's the bathroom? You're going to make it like 10 miles, and then your guts are going to be rolling in on themselves. Never. It looked just like the quesarito did when I ate it. Only better. The first thing we noticed was that the workers were acting very odd. Everything they said was monotone and rehearsed. Oh. After sitting in this fairly busy restaurant for a bit, we kind of just looked at each other at the same time as we realized that none of the conversations happening around us made any sense. Do you want some large fries with that chicken nuggets in your Burger King Deluxe meal, please, sir, ma'am? Cow lard fly Nebraska. Yeah. The people were speaking, and it was English, but the sentences weren't logical. They were just saying words at each other. We didn't say much about it until we got outside, at which point we all freaked out and confirmed each other's experiences at once and got the fuck out of there. We jokingly refer 
to the place as the NPC training center. <laughs> Since the people didn't seem to be real or they were learning how to be human or something, and it still freaks me out. That's hilarious, the NPC training center. Yeah, man. Non-playable character. Next one comes to us from Sleuth849. I posted this on Let's Not Meet a while back. This story takes place in the mid-90s. Uh, what a time to be alive. It was a good time. I was like six. Yeah. A time before widely used cell phones and GPS. It was a simpler time. Much simpler time. I would say a happier time, if I may. My two best friends and I, freshly able to drive, decided we would head out on a Saturday to a water park in southern Missouri, about a three-hour drive from our hometown in northwest Arkansas. We had never been before and just used road maps to get there. We had a pretty fantastic time, but as the sun started to reach the tree line, we thought we ought to head home. It's about 7 o'clock and we miss a turn, but my friend Paul, who was navigating, said not to worry Another turn was coming up that would get us there just as fast. The next turn took us from detoured to completely lost. By 8 o'clock, we were on a road that seemed to be lacking in informative road signs and zero lights. It's creepy. I don't know how I have those names. We finally see a gas station and are relieved to get some directions as well as some gas. My friend Taylor and I go inside while Paul pumps the gas. We come inside and a very friendly old man in his early 60s who gives us a very large grin and says, Well, hello there. It was a very foghorn, leghorn-esque, looked like an extreme hillbilly, but very pleasant. Man, you were born to play that role, weren't you? <laughs> Maybe I was. <laughs> oh, man, I wish I could meet this guy. Well, it was mid-90s, so he's probably dead now. We explained that we were needing gas and wanted to fill up. He explained that he was about to shut down for the night but would be happy to oblige us. He then said something I'll never forget. You have to make haste, though. Tonight is the buffer night. <laughs> Taylor and I looked at each other and shared an awkward look. We asked him if he could point out our location on the road map. While he was finding it, two people entered the shop from the back and called out for the old man. He said he was up front. The two approached us, a man and a woman, and at first looked confused. Then as though hit with an epiphany, they smiled. They asked the old man, Are these the gas tonight? He shot them a look and said, No, these are some lost children. The way he said, Children caused the hairs on my neck to stand up. Not sure why, they looked at us and said, The three of you should make haste, because tonight is buffer night. Two things scared the shit out of me right then. The first being, how did they know about Paul pumping gas out front when they came from the back? And the second being that they repeated the old man verbatim. We clarified the directions to get back on a main highway and paid for the gas without waiting for change. Taylor and I booked it out of the gas station to find Paul already in the passenger seat. When we got into the car, we were nearly airborne from the speed we took off. Before we could say anything, Paul told us about how three men from across the street stood under a tree just watching him. He waved, 
but they didn't move a muscle. We just drove as fast as we could until we got back to the highway. To this day, I will still have a nightmare every so often about that gas station and what my imagination has twisted, buffer night, into being. (laughs) This one is from Deleted, so you know it has to be good. Oh, it's got to be true and good and just nuts. This happened to a friend of mine about 20 years ago. He had been working as an installer of double-glazed windows and would often find himself traveling with a crew all over Kent and the southeast of the UK. We have a lot of viewers from the UK. We do. Hello, UK. Hello from the abyss, UK. One job he was doing wasn't all that far from home, so they decided to drive home instead of staying over in the B&B. They set off home quite late in the evening, and it was already dark. There wasn't much on the roads, and it was pretty cold, so not many pedestrians around. They were going along one fairly straight bit of road when they passed through a fairly unremarkable village. It had the usual things, like a pub and a corner shop, but little more else than cottages. So we got to do that one time. It's just pick some like little area, drive there, find a pub, just have a couple drinks. Yeah, talk to the patrons. Record right there in the pub. We could. Have, have, have Willie the bartender talk a story. I'm old Willie. They call me Willie because I give people wet willies, even if they ask me to stop. I can't stop with the wet willies. About five minutes later, a couple and his crew were complaining that they really needed a drink and there must be a pub around somewhere. <laughs> They're standing in front. There must be a pub somewhere. Anywhere. He suggested that they turn around and go back to the village. They turn around, drive back, and there was no village there. It was just fields. There wasn't any turnoffs, so they couldn't have been mistaken. It was just one straight road. What the hell? That's a conundrum. That's weird, man. Creepy. The next story is called Economy Cactus. Oh. The next story is written by Economy Cactus. (laughs) Like this has a title called Economy Cactus? It's a cactus that jumped on economy air. By my hometown... There was a hiking trail that people went very infrequently. It was along the side of the Niagara Escarpment. So it was some climbable cliffs and some very shallow caves that you could crawl around on. I went with some friends when I was 19 or 20, and we were crawling around a found cave that, was, that went pretty deep. We had never been in there before, had never even seen it before. So we pushed forward and decided to check it out, even though we had no flashlights. And this was when cell phones didn't really have a flashlight function. That's just brilliant. (laughs) I'd do it. (laughs) I know you would. We stepped into the cave, and it was easily 20 to 30 degrees cooler than the outside. Upon looking around with which light we had, we noticed it was really clean inside the cave, as in it didn't have beer cans littered everywhere like all the other small caves did. It was just the cave hag keeping it all clean. There's nothing wrong with the clean cave. I'm the cave hag. This is my cave and it's clean. While in there, we got a really eerie feeling after being there shortly, hearing weird and strange things, feeling like we were being touched, poked, and pulled, and not having anything to figure out who was doing it because it was too dark. 
That's creepy. <laughs> that's really creepy. Right. Because when you're in a cave, you turn off the lights, it's, it's the it's darkest black. dark you will ever see. Mm-hmm. So like to feel like you're being... And flag staff. Like to feel like you're being poked and prodded is just... Oof. Anyways, we were using lighters to see what was around us. Yeah. That's funny. We were convinced one of us was messing with the others. Although, anytime we sparked up a lighter, we were all decently far apart. Like, it wasn't me, dude, I promise. It wasn't me. Who keeps groping me? It wasn't me. Got you in the cave. <laughs> the fuck? We decided to hightail it out of there after only a few minutes. Just running straight into the dark. Gotta get the fuck out of here. <laughs> convinced to come back with flashlights, we came out to see that it was now dusk outside. When we entered it, it was midday. Somehow, we had lost roughly three hours inside the cave. Yep. We went back with flashlights the next week, but have never been able to find this cave again. Makes me wonder, like, what they would have found had they just kept going. Probably would have died. <laughs> yeah. I'm thinking there's, like, a buried treasure back there. No, think of it. Like, so let's say you, you go into a dimension where time goes by quicker or whatever. Right. Like... You might starve to death or die from thirst quicker than you realize. Yeah. Turn 70 in like two minutes. Yeah, maybe. I came back and I had gray hair and I hated children. <laughs> I just fucking hated them. All right. The next story is from Nid. Nid <laughs> One. There is a town right near me in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Lincoln Way and Claritin where a whole street full of families disappeared overnight back in the 70s. What? Everything, bills, food, clothes, etc., was left behind. No trace of them to this day. It's like some Roanoke shit. Yeah, we'll have to look into that. You can, on a future episode, you can go on Google Maps and look it up. The houses are abandoned and almost closed off from the rest of the town. So this is like... We're going to get some, like, submissions off of Reddit. Right. This is like some prerequisites. You don't just say, hey, there's this town and everyone disappeared. All right, have a good day. Bye. Have a good day. the fuck, dude? Two, there was another instance that I'll never forget. I read it here on the creepiest Google Maps places. A man in Canada decided to drive until the highway stopped sometime in the last couple of years. I believe he started in Winnipeg and kept going north to northwest, until he ran out of road. About one to two hours before he got to the point, he saw a lot of cars parked off the side of the road. Keep in mind that there wasn't a single gas station or store nearby and hasn't been a house for quite some time. There was a lot of about 30 to 35 old cars, want to say from the 50s or 60s, mm. and in the distance he saw a cavern entrance that was faintly illuminated by light. He's on the highway to hell. Maybe. He noticed the tail end of the group of people dressed in all black walking in. Yeah, no, you you don't. You just don't. My curiosity would be piqued. Obviously, but you don't follow. You just see a group of black-robed people just walking into this cave illuminated by fiery death light? Are you kidding me? Well, hey, fellow cultists, I'm just here to go do what what you do. When you praise to the Dark Lord, Saban. I'm so sorry I missed Wednesday's meeting. I was having chicken pot pie with the missus. No signs were around advertising it, and he said he couldn't find anything about it on Google Maps. 
He posted this a year ago, and that trip was even further back from that. I reached out and tried to get any markers or nearby areas so I could do my own research by, but he said he could not remember specifics. Still makes me wonder to this day what was going on there. Hmm. It seems like quite the adventure. I'm just going to drive until this freeway just ends. Holy (laughs) fuck. All right. And our final story of the evening comes to us from Mr. Money Badger. I'm kind of hitting the borderline of relevance with this story, but I'm going to tell it anyway. Back in the day, my dad had a company that rented out 4x4 vehicles to foreigners who wanted to explore rural Africa. That's a hell of a job. I want to shoot tigers. Nice. (laughs) I want to get me a rhino horn. An elephant's anything endangered. Jesus Christ, dude. (laughs) Those white tigers that's extinct now. These cars were kitted out for off-roading and rarely broke down. Kitted out for, like, lion attacks, maybe. But this time, one did. My dad had to retrieve the vehicle as he's done a few times before. And since we lived in the neighboring country, it wasn't more than a 20-hour drive. We live in Cape Town, South Africa, and the vehicle broke down in Namibia. That's crazy. To my delight, my dad was setting off to retrieve this 4x4 in the upcoming school holiday and asked me to join him. I should add that I was about 16 at the time, and ghost stories never really got to me. So we set off on our long journey, and the trip goes smoothly as planned. We get to the collection point, hook up the broken down 4x4 to ours, and off we go. No problems at all. Dot, dot, dot. Until it turned dark. I don't think you want to be in the middle of Africa in the dark. Yeah, yeah, I wouldn't. There's a lot of things that can kill you there. Yeah. Like the dark. The dark kills you. (laughs) Dead by dark. Now, I know Namibia quite well. It has some well-known ghost stories. Ghost towns and other eerie occurrences have been reported, but in my mind, that was just fantasy. Fast forward to about 2.30 a.m. Now, remember, kids, nothing good ever happens after 2 a.m., and my dad wakes me up with noticeable uneasiness in his voice. He asked me to look in the rear view mirror and tell me what I see. That's scary as shit. It's like an elephant, <laughs> like fucking running at your car. Can you imagine, like, dead asleep, just like dreaming of nice places, and your dad shakes you awake? Tell me what you see. Look in the rear view mirror. What is it that you see? I'm going to shit in my pants. Right. I'm going to see some brown. I looked in the mirror and noticed two dim headlights almost on our rear bumper that appeared to be bouncing around a bit. My dad told me he wanted to make sure I see it too, and it isn't just his tired eyes playing tricks on him. I looked around, and the air we were in was terrifying, to say the least. We were surrounded by hills, but because of the lack of light, it was just pure blackness against the night sky, covered in leafless trees with pointy, sharp branches all over. I asked my dad where we were, and he simply said that he doesn't know. He's just been following the GPS and asked me to look if there were any towns near. (coughs) There wasn't, not for more than 300 kilometers. He pointed back at the mirror and said, look. He then proceeded to shift over the center of the road to the other lane, and the lights followed suit without hesitation, as if they were tied to us. I asked my dad what it was, and he said that he thinks it's a truck. Now that in itself it's not totally uncommon on these long cross-country roads, 
but something about this just seemed off. I mentioned to my dad that the truck may simply want to pass us. We are pulling quite a bit of weight, so we are under the speed so we are way under the speed limit at this point, and he could be impatient. Dad decides to slow down to 60 kilometers an hour, moves into the yellow line in an attempt to get the truck to pass. Nope. Truck slows down too. Okay, let's take it down a notch. Dad slows down to 40 kilometers an hour. Nope. Same result. We had to drop down to a speed of 20 kilometers for this truck to start overtaking us. And then it did. Would you just keep slowing down? No. I feel like I'd be pushing the throttle, like, we're getting out of here. See ya. We heard a groan and the grinding of gears in what seemed like an eternity till this truck started pulling up next to us. Now keep in mind, these are quite windy roads with hills, so overtaking isn't recommended, especially not that slow. But this truck took its sweet time until it was right next to us. It was one of those car hauling trucks that has two levels that it can carry cars on, and had chains all over the sides that were slowly clinging and clanging through the night. The back of the truck where the cars get loaded appeared bent and out of shape, and the metal was rusted and held together by pieces of wood and loose torn pieces of fabric were blowing in the wind. This truck came from the hell world. Hell. Hell. I was terrified. I shifted my attention to the cabin, black as the sky that night and no driver in sight. I'm not making this up. We saw nobody. The truck pulled in front of us with a groan, and it didn't seem like it could speed up anymore. Now we were behind this terrifying mess of a vehicle, and my dad started getting impatient. We started overtaking the truck and checked again for life inside the cabin as we passed. Nothing. Once we were in front of the truck, I noticed the headlights getting ever dimmer and dimmer. And when we picked up speed, so did it. The lights kept dimming until there was but a spark left. This is where I got convinced something supernatural was going on. We were driving on a hillside and a, band, and a bend was coming up. Not a tight one, but if missed, one would go straight off the road down the hill as there were no barriers. We go around the bend slowly, considering our heavy load, and the truck just goes straight without hesitation. We both saw it drive straight off the road and down the hill, where at the bottom it finally got to a stop, and all the lights died. Oh, man. You're like, okay, bye. We stopped at a rest stop for the night and head back there that morning to have a look if anyone was hurt or if the truck was there. It wasn't, and there were no tracks or broken bushes where we saw it go off the road. Some type of haunted ghost truck. Shit. Damn, those are some crazy-ass stories. Alternate realities with Cleet and Britain. So the moral of the story, I would say, is if you're somewhere and you just feel like something's just a little off and you're... Your spider senses are tingling. Your investigation senses are tingling. Like, I just want to go investigate. Really ask yourself, what are you willing to get into? Should I GTFO? All right. Well, that definitely wraps up our stories. And we definitely appreciate all of you tuning in. Uh, We did also want to give a shout out to one of our viewers, Jordan, who actually submitted a a fan mail to us and was, you know, said some really nice things about the show. And and we definitely really appreciate it. And we really like to hear from all of our fans, all of our viewers uh, and listeners. If you just want to tell us about some stories you want us to cover, enter the abysspod at gmail.com. Tell us how you're liking the show. Tell us what you want to hear more of, less of. If you just want to tell us we're annoying, hey, just email us and tell us. Well, if you're watching us on YouTube, please like, share, and subscribe. It really gets ourselves out there. And as always, thank you for
for entering the abyss. Until next time. Wah, wah, wah.